0: I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. You've just tuned in to Rebel Wellness, the podcast that's here to revolutionize your approach to personal health and well being. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join our Rebel community. In a world that's saturated with fleeting diet trends and unrealistic beauty standards, we believe it's time for serious change. Our mission is simple yet profound, to empower women like you to break free from the confines of today's diet culture and embrace a holistic approach to health that's sustainable for the long haul. If you're like me, you're here to embrace the concept that true well-being encompasses every facet of your life, mind, body, and soul. Rebels believe in aligning our journey with our individual needs and values because a one size fits all approach just simply doesn't cut it anymore. This podcast is your safe space to explore the depths of wellness guided by myself, experts, real-life stories, and genuine commitment to your growth. You're here to begin your transformative journey, and it's time to discover your own version of balance in your health. Every week when you tune into Rebel Wellness, we'll learn, grow, and rebel against the polarizing outdated norms to finally achieve lasting vitality and joy. Because that sounds pretty great, right? Your journey starts now, and I am so excited that you're here. Welcome back, Rebel. It is our third and final installment of the Best of the Rebellion series we are doing here for December, where we are combining our top hits of the year from Rebel Wellness into a nice little episode packaged full of perfect sized snacks for you to enjoy and kind of get a little taste perhaps of what the entire year was about. I really hope that you guys have been enjoying these best of episodes as much as I have. And I think that it's really important that you definitely finish out the series with this topic for today And that is the best of our mindset and lifestyle episodes. I would say these episodes were some of the heaviest hitters and the most underrated, honestly. I think it's really easy to kind of stumble upon certain podcasts based upon searchable topics. So what are carbs, AKA our top episode ever (laughs) so far, And then you can kind of like find out like who's Kale's? What's she about? You know, what is, what is this whole thing? What is this whole thing (laughs) that is rebel wellness? And then hopefully you get a little taste that I love to talk about that deeper inner work stuff, not all the way up into the spiritual woo-woo. I'm going to leave that for those goddesses that are fantastic at that stuff. I'd love to have some of them on the show in 2024 and forward. So if that's you, if you're somebody who is a spiritual healer or anything like that, and you think you can offer some great insight to this podcast, I would love for you to reach out. I would love to have you on my podcast. But on that note, all of the mindset conversations and uh, body neutrality and self-love, you know, there's so many topics that we got to cover that I don't know if you listen to them yet. So I hope that the little clips we pulled from these episodes will inspire you to go check that episode out because I can't tell you guys the most texts or DMs that I got about episodes were about these mindset relationship to self type episodes. So I really wanted to emphasize and prioritize this series for the end of this series, or this collection rather, for the end of this series, so that you can really kind of marinate in that as you set your intentions for 2024. I'm going to finish out the year inviting you once more, especially if you're new here, to come join the community on Instagram at Rebel Wellness Podcast and at Kaylee Loren, used to be at Coach by Kales, for all of the uh, flagship coaching, all of my signature things are on that Instagram. So come join me on both. I would love to see you and love to say hello. And on top of that... It'd be really great if you wanted to kind of gain some more understanding in multiple topics every month of your health, fitness, lifestyle, etc. cetera, if you would like to join our newsletter. We have the CBK Rebel Wellness newsletter that is coming out once a month, and it launched this month for those who have already subscribed. So if you want to catch the next one, the January newsletter, which is going to be a badass newsletter you better join the club now. And uh, cause I, you won't get it once it sends out initially, maybe in the future, I'll be able to change that. I have not figured that out yet, but uh, coachgales.com, there's a bajillion options to join the newsletter there. So go check it out. Come join our community. One more thing, one exciting thing on that same note is there's going to be an awesome foundations, food foundations course that I am launching in January. So the waiting list will be launched in January to come join if you're interested in that six-week deep dive into better understanding food, nutrition in general, and how to relate it to your cycle, to your fitness, and even more. This is an amazing feminine forward food (laughs) course that I have been working on for like over a year now. I'm finally getting it all packaged up for you. So if you would like to join that. Again, it'll be launched via our email. It'll be announced on Instagram. So if you come and join both or any of those, you'll be one of the first to know when that comes out and get that kind of early bird pricing because it for sure is going to be exclusively priced initially for my newsletter, folks. Okay. So let's get into the best clips from the whole mindset lifestyle world of Kale's via last 2023 uh, Rebel Wellness episodes. And we're going to talk clips from serious topics, like, or hot topics rather, <laughs> of like Ozempic, body neutrality, birth control, negative self-talk, body image, self-sabotaging, and boundary setting. And I think all of these are a great little summary of so many things that I'm very passionate about that I really hope that you soak in and marinate in for a little while. And it would also be good for you to consider like journaling on some of these topics or kind of making some mental notes and thinking about it more specifically later, becoming more mindful of in your life, because that is the best thing that you can do for yourself, especially as you set up your life moving forward. And honestly, I know New Year's is so generic. I know a lot of people are like, New Year's, new me. And everybody's like, Nah, bitch, you're the same person. And it's like, yes and no, you know. New Year's is a great marker for mentally connecting yourself to a new intention or a new mindset or just changing habits in general. If you haven't listened to my new year's episode from last year, AKA the first episode we launched is also one of our most top episodes ever listened to. That one is gold guys. It is so good. So you better go check that out. If you are wanting to kind of set up next year, great for you. I'm not going to tell you the topic that is coming for our first episode, Uh, leading into 2024, but you'll see, just stay tuned every Sunday, as you know. But at the same time, I really want you to consider taking this episode and thinking on it more, journaling on it more, or reading some books on topics similar to it. If something sparked your interest or hit home to you, you know, there's a lot of great things that we can learn about ourselves that help us set better intentions and heal. I actually made an Instagram post on my Kaylee Loren page where I said, what are you going to leave in 2023? Because we want to consider like more about setting intentions to move forward from something, leave something behind. Don't necessarily have to add things. You don't have to set goals that require you to add more to your life. You know what I mean? Sometimes you achieve those goals by removing things from your life. So it's really important that you think about that because it's going to just open your world up and help you actually come into a year that you can look back on and feel proud of. I hope this year you feel that way too. This year honestly was just so many things in once. Like I think if we had one of those timelines where they could say like every single major shenanigan from like all the way from political things to social things and Hollywood things and life things. It's like just getting slapped around. Uh, But that's why we included the ozempic topic as a little clip in here, because that is probably one of the most hot topics of this entire year, annoyingly. (laughs) Maybe not annoyingly. I know it has been beneficial for several of my clients and several of just, or not several, a lot of people out there. And also negative, you know? So, that episode, I actually just want to let you know I come at it from a very unbiased perspective. I try to cover both sides of the pros and cons. And honestly, that episode actually came out before some new science came in. So, I didn't even get to talk about the fact that some people are having this bad side effect that the FDA has now added to the warning labels that sometimes people's intestines are just stopping altogether. So, I kind of wanted to throw that in there in this episode since we're going to be kind of plugging some clips from the ozempic episode that that is a new thing to consider when i'm talking about the negative side effects that are at least fda recognized which there's a lot more side effects that are not recognized but when they are recognized that means that it's serious and that's enough people that actually have had this issue so worth saying anyways let's jump into this episode i hope you enjoy it and yeah let's go This episode's topic is Ozempic. So the long-term effects potentially could be pancreatitis um, or cancer of the pancreas, um, thyroid cancers, that is one that is typically on the medication itself because it's happened enough that they have to put it as a risk on the packaging, and gallstones, so gallbladder problems in general, but particularly gallbladder stones, which is essentially It really, it's basically the same thing as kidney stones. It's when you have a really um, hard little, basically like a tiny stone of buildup of minerals in an organ that usually would filter just right out, but instead is just staying there and then it has to pass. And it's really painful for those giant masses to pass out of an organ that's not supposed to even be there. Those are the three major negative long-term side effects that they have noted to be potential short-term side effects that are pretty much consistently going to happen across the board that would be important to know would be nausea 100 nausea <laughs> diarrhea vomiting and constipation um, some of the lesser common side effects that are like more acute would be like belching uncontrollably feeling bloated uh, gaseous stomach pain heartburn fevers and stomach discomfort so Pretty much side effects of anything with a gut issue because that is exactly what semaglutides work on is your gut. So a large majority of people, like I believe it's um, one in three or two in three, do experience nausea, at least in the beginning of utilizing a semaglutide injection. I'm speaking more about injections because that is the more common one. There are oral versions of semaglutides, but they are a little bit lesser... um, effective for a lot of people. So mostly I'm talking about injections. I probably should have noted that earlier, but anyways, and then naturally, because it's slowing down your gut motility and your eating cues and depending on what you're actually eating, when you do finally feel like you want to eat something. Cause I mean, even for my clients that have utilized a semaglutide, not because I necessarily instructed them to, of course. Um, but when they have They have almost 100% of the time gotten the constipation. Constipation will happen. And as we know, we need your fecal matter to get out of your body because your body will reuptake all of those toxins. So you do want to get some sort of fiber supplement, something to try to help your gut, even though it's, it might be futile effort because that's just the way, unfortunately, this medicine works, but we really don't want uh, a negative side effect by you just kind of being a toilet (laughs) for your own self um, and just like not passing anything through because that's not fun, not healthy. And yeah, honestly, those are nausea and constipation are the two worst side effects that almost everybody experiences long-term. Like for this, this this is weeks on end. This isn't always uh, just a few days. So do know if, if you are somebody who is considering utilizing a semaglutide, do know you're signing up for quite a miserable time. And I would say that that is probably one of my biggest uh, yellow or red flags for this medicine, um, especially for all of the people I know who are currently on it or who were on it. Um, It's a miserable time, guys. It's... It's like you're dying. It essentially is like you're dying in a way. <laughs> like you have massive brain fog. You're nauseous. You can't feel like you can eat anything. You have no energy because you're basically not eating anything, and your gut is moving really slow. And uh, you're constipated. You can't poop, or you're just pooping your brains out. And um, sometimes you're vomiting, and you can't control it. And sometimes you're just running an unusual fever. You know, um, it's it's really not a good time. And so. Um, Just know that it doesn't come with like a lot of glitz and glamor, even if a lot of people kind of like hide it just to kind of promote their happy-go-lucky experience on it. Um, If people were real about it, and if you really do look into more, um, a lot of people have not had good experiences taking this med because that's just how it works, unfortunately. You can't reduce your food and mess with your gut motility at an unnatural way and not have those natural symptoms occur. The last question that somebody might have is how much does it cost? And uh, the thing that is, is insane to me, especially uh, in my industry, is the amount it costs. Um, and okay, so the, <laughs> the drug maker of semaglutide is Novo Nordisk. And I mean, they most certainly must be happy because the average daily cost um, for those with insurance is anywhere from like one hundred fifty to three hundred dollars a month. If you are not in insurance, you are most likely going to be paying a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars per month. Um, sometimes it's a thousand per shot. It depends on what situation you're in, if your practitioner is compounding it with a the pharmacy themselves or if they are getting it from these um major pharmaceutical companies that are making it on their own. And that's something notable. I would be leery to get a uh, locally compounded version because it's not as regulated and um, a big brand name and FDA approval stamp on the formulas and chemicals, utilized ingredients, etc., um, are not as regulated if it's in a private compounding facility. So just note that as well, if you have talked to a doctor, I mean, this, this drug is everywhere. Like I was just talking to a friend of mine about how it's insane that even beauty spas are selling semaglutides. And that honestly makes me a little bit suspect of its safety and efficacy, especially if it's, um, so easily distributed amongst um, different businesses and practitioners that aren't historically or classically um, licensed to prescribe such major drugs, you know. So, if you were wondering how much it costs, it costs roughly a thousand dollars out of pocket um, every month, more or less, and it kind of just depends again where you're getting it sourced from and whatnot. But it blows my mind that so many people will balk at the cost of like natural functional medicine testing, (laughs) but they will jump on the chance to buy a multiple thousand dollar program with a shot that they have to administer into themselves and then feel like crap. (laughs) You know, for me, like my own personal opinion, Um, I just find that very interesting on a human Case study, I would say, on what is more important, I guess, and what we we view and spend our money on. But I mean, it's something that we've all known. Women will spend so much money on makeup and things like that, and their hair, but they won't spend much money on like a consistent uh, personal trainer or something like that that they have to show up for. Uh, But blow eight hundred dollars on extensions for one month, sure, why not? You know, it's crazy. And again, I'm not like shaming people. It's just something for you to think about in perspective that. It is a little bit nuts that we will run and throw our money at quote unquote miracle drugs and or, you know, different things that are temporary when in reality, the bigger thing that is important is actually building um, health skills and awareness and understanding of your own individual body that are going to be a little bit more lifelong lasting and definitely not as miserable as like something like a semaglutide. concepts for kind of a growth mindset around this body neutrality philosophy is you might not physically look the way your mind might want you to look for a multitude of reasons, but most of the time you might actually be perfectly healthy and be in the right weight zone for longevity and ultimately long-term happiness and flexibility in life without having this constant urge to lose 10 pounds. I can't tell you how many clients are like, I need just, I just need to lose 10 pounds. I just need to lose five pounds. I just need to lose 20 pounds. It's always all these round numbers. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I mean, I've even done it for myself. So I'm not like just, just saying all these people do it. I do it too. And it's like, where did this number come from? Why do I feel that way? And how do I feel like I know exactly where, especially as an adult female, My body should be weighing. Like a lot of these, I guess I would say, narratives that we are taught say you need to be 120 pounds or else you are fat. You know, things like that is so arbitrary because we have so many different heritages. We have so many different ethnicities. We have so many different cultures. You know, there's so much that goes into what every individual body looks like and lifestyles. I mean, we can't like forget that concept those, all those different factors determine how you look, where you carry fat, if you have more muscle, you know, all those things are influenced by that. And we decide, okay, well, my body cannot be over 130 pounds. I just cannot be over 170 pounds. Once I broke the seal for 200 pounds, I'm absolutely a lard. You know, there's all these weird things that we've said to ourselves and we picked a random ass number. And for what? you know we don't know if that's like actually where we're supposed to be it's just what something has taught us is like an ideal body weight or something or an ideal pant size a lot of the times i have so many females in the past that are like i just want to be back to my high school weight and the first thing i always tell them is okay so you want to look prepubescent so you don't want boobs you don't want hips or a butt you want to look like a 12 year old again so that's what i'm hearing is you want to be that weight again where you did not become a woman, you did not have children yet, you know, all these different things that make a woman's body beautiful, in my opinion, and womanly, so to speak, quote, unquote, all of those things we don't want just to have the scale say 125, 135, you know, whatever you were before you even hit puberty, or you're in the midst of puberty, Or maybe you were put immediately on birth control and it suppressed your ovulation. So you never got womanhood body fat patterning until you got off of it and are either starting to have kids, have kids, maybe you don't want kids, but you're off birth control, you know, various reasons. And then you're finally ovulating and now you're getting body fat patterning. That's an adult human female. (laughs) These are concepts that are important to understand because we're chasing these numbers that we just kind of picked for ourselves. And I remember reading this kind of Snapchat story um, that I kind of got sucked into because anything that's in the health and fitness world, I'm always like, ooh, I'm curious what they're going to say. Taylor Swift had a post where she talked about her progress um, or her process mentally of kind of shifting from always wanting to be a zero or a one or a two to her natural size, which is a six to an eight which is where she is now. Even if she doesn't look like it because she's kind of tall and lean, that's where she is now. And it was interesting for her to experience letting her body actually be well-fed and heal and actually kind of get to a zone of homeostasis where like her metabolism was really happy, not starving herself basically. And she landed at a six to eight. And she's like, who am I to choose what my body is supposed to be? I'm trying to shoot for a body size that my body is never meant to be my body was never happy there I was anxious I was starving I had really weak nails and my hair was falling out why was I shooting for that because I was told that that was a size where I was worthy to be a celebrity but now that I'm at a size six or so I feel sexier than ever ever and I'm healthier than ever And so that's just a kind of story that I want to share is the concept that you might be picking a weight or a size that you want, but that might not even be where your body truly wants to be. And you have to kind of come to terms with finding the middle ground there because genetics play a huge role in your body fat patterning, how you manage stressors, what you do with getting pregnant and then post-pregnancy, you know, all these different factors are going to be influenced by your genetics and you don't get a say in that. And I will never forget this time where one of my high school long-term best friends was like, that's the body I want. And she's five, four and shorter legs, longer torso. And this chick on the cover of this book was like five, nine with a long torso, long legs. And I was like, it dawned on me in that moment. I was like, but you could never look like that. That's just not your, that's just not your structure. Like, or your genetics, like you're Italian. She's clearly like German or something. Like, there's just no way that you can look like that. So it's really like a huge bummer to see you constantly kind of measure yourself against something that you could never attain. And so I really encourage you to think about this for yourself. Do you find yourself measuring yourself against something that is not natural for you. Like you can look at all the females in your uh, genetic pool. So all your aunts, all your grandmas, your mom, your siblings, you can look at all of them and kind of gauge like, what is the average body type? Is this totally different than what I'm striving for? You know? So all of these things kind of bring me back to this concept that We can't simply just choose what weight and what body type we want to have and think that we must be able to achieve it. We just have to try harder. We just have to eat less. We just have to do more cardio. We just have to be more disciplined. Whatever your just is, is probably not possible. And I say that with a lot of confidence because there's so much that we just think we can do That really, truly will most likely never achieve what you are going for, especially if you haven't achieved it already with all the effort you've been putting in. So that is one of the first growth mindset topics that I'd like you to explore for yourself. And it would be a good time to kind of like make some notes in your phone or grab a paper or whatever and write down some of these concepts so you can kind of simmer in them later. Because it matters. Like a lot of this stuff matters. If you really think about how many hours of your life you've spent deducing if you ate too much, deducing if you did enough exercise, deducing if your weight on the scale was appropriate or whatever, you truly will feel some weight off your shoulders when you start to release this sense of control that you probably really don't have. And I say that with the most love and affection as possible because- It's just insane how much we hyper-focus on some arbitrary number that we've chosen for ourselves, or some period in our life that we just want to get back to. And I'm going to tell you, babe, like you are never going to go backwards. You are constantly moving forward, especially if you have different chapters and seasons of your life, especially because we're just getting older constantly. And it's not something to run away from or try to like lessen the blow. It's more of leaning into it and accepting it and kind of loving it. Like you get more wrinkles, the more times you've smiled in your life. That's not a Bad thing. You should be enjoying the fact that you smiled so much you have wrinkles now. And the same goes for your body weight. You carried babies, you created freaking lives. You know, like those things matter way more than the fact that you might have more abdomen fat now because you had high cortisol and high estrogen because postpartum, your babies drove you crazy for four years. You know, all of these things are way more meaningful than the fact that you just don't look like you did in high school. And it might take a long time for you to be okay with that. And you might always just hyper-focus on the fact that, yeah, but Kales, I still want to look like that again. And that's okay, but I will just tell you right now, you're going to be beating your head against the wall because you can never go backwards in time with your physique. Your body is constantly moving forward. So it's better for you to accept where you're at right now in a way that is loving and understand that you can continue to move forward and find new ways to challenge your body, to shape your body, etc. But it's never going to look like it used to The other thing I would say that's really important that I recommend for fat loss to all my clients is that your dieting should never be open-ended. This is a huge problem that we have all the time now. And it's probably because a lot of people don't know how long they should actually be putting in concerted effort to losing fat or not. So you need a specific timeline. Um, It needs to be time restricted. So I don't like people dieting any less than maybe six weeks and any more than maybe 15 weeks. If you are exceeding that or doing less than that, you're not really gonna see much progress or success, so I wouldn't even waste your time. If you are willing to dedicate yourself for that many weeks, I usually say 10 to 15 weeks is a great dieting phase. 15 weeks means that you're really slowly decreasing your calories and changing your macronutrients to support a fat loss deficit. Deficit means you're removing your calories lower than your total daily energy expenditure, which means that you should be in that position where metabolically your body wants to lose fat. You cannot really lose fat standardly in a deficit, without a deficit, but how you create that deficit can look different for other people because that's not always just calories in, calories out because we are learning now, especially the female body can protect itself by even if you're eating really low calories, it'll kind of pare down your metabolism which means that it's going to meet a really low threshold. So it's going to match you at your 1300 calories a day, which no adult female should ever be eating under 1500 calories a day, in my opinion, and a lot of other professionals opinions. Um, You should never be eating under that. So if a diet puts you under that many calories, you're going to be starving yourself. You're going to be very unhappy and it's not going to be good for your hormones, your thyroid, all those things. But it is important for you to understand that You should not be dieting for very long. It should be a very concerted, short-term chapter of your life. You should move into a a maintenance phase, which means that you're just eating at your total daily energy expenditure or a little bit more or a little bit less. Your body fat's not going to respond to that. You can eat around that and maintain your body weight that you get to with after a deficit. And then you can maybe look into doing another deficit after that. But you just really don't want to be going like constantly open-ended dieting because there's a no joy in that. It's pretty miserable. B, you're going to be very confused. Your body's going to be like, "What are we doing? Like, why are we staying in the starve state?" And that's where we're seeing a lot of these women in their 40s and 50s going through early onset dementia and Alzheimer's because they've been starving themselves for so long. And it's an un it's it's an ugly truth, but it's the true science that's going on behind a lot of these things. A lot of people are like, why is this happening? This is so fascinating. Well, because a lot of these women that are hitting their fifties now lived in this age where we demonized fat. Fat is innately important for our thyroid health or brain health for everything. So they've been restricting themselves from these really important omega-3s, omega-6s, other fatty acids, and other purposes that fat have in the body. Again, listen to the fat episode from the macros in May uh, if you want to learn more, but that's really bad long term, so much so that we're seeing these really early brain degenerative diseases come through, especially for women, specifically, because they've been just starving themselves. And it's, it's like devastating for me to see this because it's not, it doesn't have to happen, you know? So if you are under 40 or whatever, or maybe you're over 50 and you're worried about that, start paying more attention to your good quality fats, but make sure that you're eating balanced meals. You want rounded meals. You want a good quality fat, a lean protein, or just a protein in general, because a regular protein can have good quality fats in it for you because animal fats are not bad for you, despite what that chunk of generation taught us. (laughs) And, um, whole grains and some good fiber sources and veggies. You know, if you make that into every single meal, you're going to be so much better off, um, and healthier long-term than just trying to restrict this or that, or blah, 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 you know, following old diet science and tabloid kind of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you really want to be careful about following ridiculously strict diets, um, unless it's a nutritional intervention that is being uh, consulted by a medical professional. Um, If that's not the case, you should never be following a ridiculously strict diet that removes entire food groups from your body. Because I am seeing a multitude of people restricting themselves from really nutrient dense things like animal food sources, Um, especially with kind of like the vegan movement, it's kind of going in a way that is not long term, like, There's a lot of things to be benefited by doing a short-term vegan diet, but long-term we have a lot of evidence that it is not healthy for the body, especially the female body long-term, especially if you're raised on animal meats. If you were never raised on animal products, you have a better chance of a long-time life without animal products. However, we don't have a single gender or a country or group in our entire country's history or not even our country in the world's history that doesn't have some sort of animal based product in it because our ancestors know how nutrient dense they are and how necessary it is and so many nutrients from plants cannot be absorbed by the body so um i don't want to get too much into that but it is important to understand that we can't restrict ourselves from an entire food group and expect to be healthy long term our body has reserves once our reserves start to run out because we've restricted ourselves from something following some sort of fad diet or some sort of whatever, up to the five year or so point, we start to see huge hormone imbalances. We start to see a lot of different things go wrong. And that is where I've met over 50 women who did vegan for so long and then were literally in a position where they had to get out of it because their health was like declining rapidly their fertility went away they were on literally death death's bed you know like they were so close to like having a very horrible malnourished state and so I want to encourage you to understand that you don't have to remove or follow crazy fad diets to be healthy that is also a big fat loss tip for you do not feel the need to do that find what works for you Find what balance works for you. Maybe you incorporate animal products two days out of the week and that's it. You can thrive on that. But long-term, I have yet to see somebody thrive for an entire lifespan without animal products. It's very risky, especially if you were raised eating animal products, because that's how your body learned to assimilate various vitamins and minerals that are natural and necessary for your brain, your hormone health, your body, et cetera. So I know that that sometimes can be kind of touchy because there's a lot of different Um, biased information out there, but coming from somebody who has tried veganism and tried to see it and observed various vegan clients, my vegan clients that come to me and then move into bringing some animal products back into their life naturally, like sustainably sourced well raised, you know, all that kind of stuff, their health exponentially increases once they start to reincorporate them. So it is really important to understand that not everything you see or read is always true, you have to learn what works for you You have to be okay with what you want to do. And you have to stop letting other people's opinions, or thoughts or anecdotal experiences influence you because if your body isn't doing that, it's not working for you the same way. So take charge of your health, And know that you have the complete power over your health. It doesn't matter if anything is like contradictory to what you said you were trying to do, or if it was a movement that you were trying to follow. And then like, it didn't work for your health because a lot of people bail out of things like veganism because of that, you know, so it's really important that you do know that you should not be taking entire food groups out of your body unless you understand the implications for the long term and that doesn't mean that you're going to have a better trajectory with fat loss. Um, I would say large, largely a lot of my plant-based clients have a harder time with fat loss because they're not utilizing the power of complete proteins from well-raised, natural, sustainably sourced animal proteins and things. So that's a really important topic that I hope you can understand that a lot of us, even doctors in this state of nutrition, are very passionate about because there's a lot of misinformation surrounding taking entire food groups out of your body and just being like, why is my health going to shit? And it's like, well, we know why. <laughs> so just just take away the dogma, take away all this stuff and just like take care of yourself. And you'll see that like you can find a balance that supports your mission and also supports your health. to kind of transition into the topic of what is referred to as strong back, soft front. Technically, the whole phrase is strong back, soft front, wild heart, which is a concept that I learned from the amazing Brene Brown. If you don't know Brene Brown, you should. She's got a million amazing books. I would definitely recommend pretty much any of her talks also, like her audiobooks are amazing. But The concept upholds the mindset that you need to keep your front soft so that you're being warm, engaged, and vulnerable, but keep your back strong, which implies holding your ground when somebody takes advantage of you or wants to take advantage of you or harm you. In this case, or many cases, verbally, when people want to take a hit at you some way and take something away from you. So you're remaining soft and warm and vulnerable, but you're also holding your ground and staying confident in who you are. This skill, honestly, or mindset is really important to practice because I think the best people in the world uphold this strong back, soft front, wild heart, where no matter what comes at them and what they're faced with, they know the foundations to return to they know that they put forth their best foot, but at the same time, they're okay for stepping back and standing strong, you know, and that's a really, really important concept to practice in something like the holidays, because we are always going to kind of have an awkward conversation or something like that, where we didn't feel like it really served us, you know, because a lot of people are kind of serving a lot of crap on a platter for you because the holidays honestly is when tons of insecurities come out people put on these weird masks trying to pretend to be somebody else maybe you have you know I know I have in the past and you show up and you're trying to be somebody else and then somebody else is doing the same thing and you're a bunch of phony balonies kind of serving each other weird platters of crap (laughs) in conversation and then you're like okay that just felt gross all the way around because it wasn't authentic And it was just a bunch of measuring. (laughs) A lot of people know what phrase I was going to say, but something measuring. It's a lot of measuring against each other. And I think that it's super not uh, authentic. And that's why we end up leaving, feeling kind of icky or drained because we were overexerting and trying to be something we're not or receiving stuff from people who are doing the same thing, right? So I think it's really important that you think about showing up this way, even if in the past you've had a certain energy all the time that people know you to have, you can always, every single day, choose to be different and choose to move forward from anything from your past. Like, if you needed a moment to think about that, it's really important to think about that because no, you're not defined by your past unless you let it define you. So, unless you're continuing to wallow in your mistakes from the past and your old personality or things like that. Yeah, you're going to stay that way. But if you choose what you really want to be and you make decisions and actions that support the better version of you that you're trying to be, that's all that matters in the long run. And this is a perfect time to practice that because everybody in your family or friend groups in the holidays are some part of your past because you're all gathering because you all have meaning to each other, right? It's your community. And this is the perfect time for you to practice your changes. Maybe you just straight up tell people, like, hey, I'm really working on no longer drinking. I'm really working on my anger management or something like that, you know? And if it's your close circle, like, they shouldn't judge you. You know, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That's like one of my favorite phrases. And I tell that to a lot of my friends who are just like, why do you always like do really well with not seeming like other people's opinions of you matter? And I'm like, because I know. Who I am and that's all that matters and I know that if my actions don't reflect that I will own it own up to it and clear it or I will just keep moving forward I'm not going to hold myself like in this weird zone of like anger and sadness that oh I messed up again you know like that stuff it doesn't serve anyone you know you just need to move forward and be that way but again going back to it anybody in your friends and family that should that matters to you should understand that you are allowed to grow and change. You know, a lot of people, it's uncomfortable because they are not growing and changing or even considering it, but that's not your problem. You know, that's not your problem. That's nothing. That's not your business. You just show up, be who you are. People judge you, whatever. You don't need to just be like, yeah, who am I kidding? Give me some wine. You know, if you're trying to stop drinking or yeah, who am I kidding? I'm just going to start being the angry drunk again. Like I always am at family parties or something, you know, Whatever it is, you know, maybe those aren't even things that happen to you, but those are just examples because um, it's really important that you also hold space for family members who are also trying to be different. You know what I mean? So that is a really important concept and topic that I kind of wanted to drive home. Um, So I hope that that spoke to you to some extent, because I know that it's definitely been important for me and changed a lot of the way that I exist in the holiday season. at least once noticed some patterns of your own self-talk, this is a great invitation for you to look inward a bit and kind of observe, like, are there ways that you are passively kind of judging yourself for making negative comments in general? And if you are somebody like me who is very well aware of the uh, negative things I say to myself, whether it's trying to do that um, negative motivation, that is a total lie. A lot of us are kind of raised on this, like, self-deprecating banter where we think that we elevate ourselves by talking down about ourselves and again i'm not calling anybody out on this but if you felt that personally like that's you again here's your invitation to look inward a little bit and consider stopping that pattern because it is most likely not helping you in a way that's actually positive if you think it's the only way that's keeping you working towards staying as quote-unquote thin as possible that's not healthy that's not positive and you're probably living a more mentally miserable life than you actually realize because you're just kind of ragging on yourself constantly and nobody got time for that so one of the first ways that you can kind of identify if you have more negative self-talk or things like that is observing if you get emotional reactions surrounding anything physical so like i said in last episode if you weigh yourself on the scale and you you get an emotional reward or kind of punishing response to whatever the weight is on there, that is something to write down. And that is another moment where you might want to consider stopping using the scale until you can build a better relationship with your body and your weight, because the number literally means nothing other than your gravitational pull, aside from the fact that it can be information about uh, your body composition. So... Like I said in previous episodes, you should check those ones out, episode 16 and 17. Um, Certain information your body is telling you can mean different things, but oftentimes we actually are trained to believe that any type of weight gain is negative, and that is simply not true. But back to the emotional reactions, this also can look like when people compliment something or um, give you any type of positive-seeming feedback to your body, and you get a happy spike. Like you feel like, Ooh, nice. Thanks. Um, When it's something directly correlated to like your weight or something like that. Um, When basically if anybody uses the terms, Ooh, you look skinny. Ooh, you look thin. Oh, you're losing weight. You look great. You know, or if people uh, come on the opposite end and say like, Oh, you're not so chubby anymore, or you've lost some weight. You're not as fat. All of those words kind of build these interesting narratives in our mind that it's a positive affirmation to be anything other than thicker, having more fat, whatever. Or this also translates into, I'm depressed, I'm not eating, but everybody is complimenting me on my physique now. Therefore, this is a good thing. And this is where a lot of eating disorders can breed. And so there's a lot of conversations, which we're going to get into that in a second when we talk about conversations about other people's bodies. But specifically for yours, this is a good time for you to kind of make notes either in your iPhone notes, in a journal if you're a journaler, which I highly recommend journaling, (laughs) or just kind of mentally note if you're somebody who can hold thoughts in your head. Um, This is a great opportunity for you to start observing what were you trained to believe was a positive affirmation about your body? What were you trained to believe that you were taught to correlate to your body? So any terms using fat or chubby Husky, it's an old one, you know, all of those terms, a lot of us see those as entirely negative, when in reality, it's just a description for a different body type. It literally, even though you might be like, yeah, but it's a a less healthy body type. Not always, like I've said before, different ethnicities carry body fat in different ranges and can be absolutely healthy from like a spectrum of like 20% body fat. So reworking your understanding too of what health really looks like on a body. And if that actually matters to you, as I believe it definitely should. I understand that a lot of people are just constantly chasing a certain physique because they've always been praised for it. But again, that's a really shallow life and shallow in the sense that like, you're never gonna get some depth into these happy moments and different life events that are going to inspire you and enrich your life overall. If all you do is base every single thing you do, your food, your drink, your activities, et cetera, around attaining and maintaining a really quote unquote thin or whatever physique or a long and lean, like there's so many terms that were kind of married into the modern day that should really have been left in the past. And I think they're starting to, like I said, but. Again, this conversation is about trying to get rid of those terms because they're horrible terms that have made women judge themselves for so long, hate themselves, hate each other, you know, so many different things that this is just not breeding anything positive, honestly. So that's something to consider when you are starting to become a little more aware of emotional reactions around different words or compliments, different things like that. And something that a lot of my clients in the past have done well, as far as an exercise to do is also write down and observe certain phrases or, um, body talk your parents had about other people or yourself or themselves and notice whether or not you absorbed that for yourself, because it's honestly kind of profound how much we absorb by just existing near our parents. And we tend to hang on to a ton of things that they don't, either they're not aware they're saying it or they totally are aware and just don't realize that it's. it can cause really unhealthy relationships to food or body image, et cetera, for the rest of your life. So that's really important because you'll be able to write it down and start to work through whether or not you truly believe that. Because like I've spoken about before, Belief systems can change. Anything you believe right now became a belief for you at some point in your life for whatever reason. Either your parents taught you it, your teacher at school taught you it, you learned it from watching something online, whatever it is, you came to believe that thing, whether or not it was actually true, on your own. That means at any point you have the opportunity to change that belief. That belief is not always written in stone the rest of your life unless you choose to ignore that it is affecting you negatively and don't work on it at all. So if you know to your core at this point, especially if you've listened to all these podcasts or you've worked together with me in coaching or whatever or other people, you know, it doesn't have to be any of my stuff. If you've heard many times that you need to let go of the obsession of being smaller and thinner or whatever, then this is a belief system that you are working on changing and that you can change. But if you hear us talking about this all the time and then you just wanna stay married to whatever feels comfortable, AKA, I've always been raised to believe that I need to be small and thin and skinny, la la la. I need to fit in my same jeans that are size zero the rest of my life. You know, If you want to be married to that belief, That's fine. But you're going to dig your own grave because it's going to be really unhappy for the rest of your life because it's such, like I said, such a shallow concept that really doesn't give you much room for depth. And shallow, I'm using it kind of more of a metaphor, like if you were standing in a shallow pool versus like a really deep Olympic pool or something. And life can't get very deep when all you care about is something that's literally sometimes out of your control like your body, or sometimes too much in your control, like your body. And it's going to just become an obsession. So kind of getting off that soapbox, observe those moments. Either you learned them from your mom or your friends or your past partners, your current partners, or just yourself from something you were reading Cosmo magazine when you were 12, you know, (laughs) and change the script. So this is why it's really important to practice like writing it down, do a little exercise with yourself and rewrite it in a way that you actually believe or rewrite it in a way that you want to believe so that you can start to tell yourself something different. This is really important because that's the only way you can instill change mentally and our brain, it has neuroplasticity. That means that we can change the pathways that our brain has developed over time and repetition. So making the decision to police your own thoughts and practice being mindful whenever you hear or think any of these things, it requires you to remove all judgment from those things. So that means that you can't put any emotions behind that observation. You just have to simply observe when thoughts come in and just let them go. That all or nothing mindset can be like super limiting, I would say, for their success. And it can also be like I've experienced personally, the reason why a lot of people just kind of give up or constantly go on this giant yo-yo. You know, what about you? Like, what have you seen around that all or nothing mindset for your clients in the past?
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, it looks like for a lot it were looks for looked for a lot of clients like um this really big list that they would make for themselves where it was working out x number of times a week eating this much vegetable doing all of these things and the the second that one of those things wasn't happening anymore it was like an f for the week and if you get enough F's for the week then what is even the point and I'm just going to stop doing all of it until I have time to hit all of these bullet points again. No, not realizing that uh, we don't need to grade our weeks for one, but be like, we can, we can have a week where we have less vegetables and we get, we're, we're still able to move our bodies. We can have a week where movement barely got in because you said earlier, like with yourself, life truly gets in the way and we, we can't one workout, was what we could do. And that was great, but we get into these all or nothing mindsets where, um, and I used to make these lists for myself. So I, I can speak to personal experience too, but clients would do this where it's like, I did not get this in trainer, <laughs> trainer, Sasha, please help me make sure that I never do this again. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't do that because we're going to have weeks that look like that. And we should, because we're humans. We're not only revolving around this list. <laughs> um, but but it can feel like that when you're deep into a fitness journey um, and there's all these societal pressures to make our lives look like this list.
0: And it it's so funny that you mentioned the grading thing. I have I have had clients, like, ask me for grades, and I'm, like, I'm going to be that person that's just, like, A, every week, no matter what, you know? Like, what am I going to, like, be, like, B-minus? Like, I'm not some, like, hardcore, like, I don't know, you know? Like, I just – I always thought that was an interesting look into the individual learning styles that must have been imposed on the child version of them. You know what I mean? Like trying to figure out like, where did this come from? Which I would later learn, like as I dived deeper into it with me that, or Doe for other, um, that there was so much grading being done on their life by parents. And it like shaped how everything in their life, including working with me as a trainer, was like, you need to grade me or else I have no idea how I'm doing, you know. And it's always so hard to shift those with that mindset into how do you feel like, let's take the power back and give it back to you so you can understand. I'm just here to like literally guide you. I'm I'm not somebody who's trying to like, like, it's like Mr. Miyagi, like how he's like, I'm not exactly showing you what to do. You have to figure it out and access it for yourself. It's like shifting that power from like giving it to the trainer and giving it back to the client and being like, let's learn you, teach you how to check in on yourself And then communicate with me and be like confident in the way you communicated to me that, hey, I am really exhausted. Let's chill out versus I'm exhausted. I think you want me to work out really hard still, though. So let's do what you want. You know?
1: Absolutely. I love the idea of having clients hold a lot of their own power because we are like potentially finite in their life in, in a lot of ways. right? Like eventually they'll be going and doing these things on their own in their own way and what feels good for them. Um, but I think towards the end of my fitness career and I know currently in yours we we get curious and ask our clients these questions like what what does um, a good week of, of fitness look for you given X stress that you're dealing with or given how your week is looking? and then we would work with them based on that. So yes, absolutely I love. I love a more intuitive training instead of a no excuses training approach, which we've talked about this whole time, but bears repeating that a lot of that is because the client's autonomy is is key and important and will not only benefit them in the coaching sessions and the, during the time with it, with coaches, but way into the future to to allow clients to know what's best for them in the long run.
0: It goes like this you're taking an estrogen pill every day and you're stifling aka or stopping ovulation in general what happens in ovulation that is extremely important for the female body is we get this inverse of natural estrogen and natural progesterone we need them both because both are besties they balance each other out when estrogen is dominant aka the only hormone that's in play which is what happens when you don't ovulate because after you ovulate, it stimulates and kicks off progesterone increasing in that latter half of your cycle, the luteal phase. Progesterone is the calming hormone. It does a whole bunch of other things for your body, including thickening of your cervical um, lining for nutrients. If you had an egg that ovulated and got implanted by sperm to grow, because it's basically like nourishment for the egg to grow in that part of your cycle, should you have gotten fertilized at that point. If you did not get fertilized, It just basically thickens and then sheds. It's still important though for a whole bunch of different hormonal reasons and reactions in your body. You need progesterone for that balance. When it gets out of balance, you didn't ovulate. You didn't stimulate progesterone because all you have is all this estrogen in your body and you didn't ovulate. So it didn't trigger that shift into progesterone after ovulation. You're just creating estrogen right? So it's estrogen, estrogen, estrogen. And then it gets into this big imbalance where your progesterone levels, your natural progesterone levels, not progestin. Progestin is actually not used in the body the same as progesterone. It's kind of in there to fake it out. So it'll help the lining increase, but it doesn't have the effects of what real progesterone does in your body. So, and that's a fact, um, check out fantastic book beyond the pill by Dr. Brighton that will really describe everything for you there. I'm just going to try to do my best to kind of layman's terms it and summarize it right now. So basically we have this huge amount of females out there, including me who didn't have progesterone enough in ratio to my estrogen. So what did that mean? That meant this timeline correlated to when I graduated college finally and jumped full term into my business only. So, this is a stressful time, right? This is when you graduate college, when you're still looking for a job, even if you work for somebody else, massively stressful, right? You're trying to get your feet under you. You're trying to actually start to make an income now to support you for the rest of your life, potentially, right? For me, it was that. However, I was the one creating the income for myself because I was an entrepreneur, because I was about to start my own thing or continue my own thing because I already had started my business while I was in college. So this was a scary time for me. My cortisol was off the charts. I also had estrogen off the charts and my body was starting to detox, but it was still in this very imbalanced state. That meant estrogen and cortisol are besties that deposit body fat and cause inflammation. So... (laughs) Over the course of three months, as you guys have heard the story, I gained like 23 pounds of body fat and I was super puffy. My face was red. I didn't look like myself. I had like a little double chin thing going on, stuff that I had never had in my life before because I generally was very active and consistent with that and good with my food majority of the time, etc. cetera. So I hands down know for a fact that I was experiencing what happens and what is considered estrogen dominance post birth control detox. This is something I've also seen happen for a multitude of my clients as they detox off birth control, especially my clients that have been on birth control almost their whole life, like since they started ovulating in when they were 12 or 13 or 14. And this is so important to understand, especially if you're somebody who went through something like that, that absolutely changes a lot of your body's hormonal cues and Levels in your body and your function of your different organs because they are a hundred percent affected negatively by long-term fake hormone usage. And as I've seen across platforms where more women are speaking out about this and learning it for themselves and experiencing it with their clients or their friends or their family, um, it's been very good to see that this is starting to spread. A lot of kids that are in their teens right now are actually avoiding birth control because they're seeing a lot of this informative chat from professionals about, okay, maybe consider not doing this. Maybe try doing fertility awareness method more, you know, different stuff like that. Maybe just use condoms and fertility awareness, you know, things like that. So anyways, coming back to it, that is where I first started to be like, what is going on? I need to get a hang on this. I was doing everything in the book, fitness and nutrition wise, try to manage it. Didn't work it didn't work and that's the thing that's really complicated is that unless you know what is going on you can't just try to diet the crap out of yourself and exercise to the moon literally and your body won't respond because your hormones are out of balance your hormones determine if you even go into your fat stores so people who just say it's calories in calories out do not understand that it gets really complex with some of these specific metabolic disorders that a lot of us females and people in general are facing these days for a multitude of reasons. But the old saying that like, oh, it can't be your hormones, that's such an excuse. No, it's a real thing. And I hope that that, hearing that is empowering to you so that you better understand that a lot of cards are stacked against you if you are somebody who did take birth control for longer than three years. was good for you, that all of the different snacks of each of those episodes uh, kind of reminded you of some important things to think about. And I do hope that you better understand some of the topics like the birth control stuff because I'm super passionate about that conversation, especially as I've seen it game change my life to detox off of it and take my power back and actually learn my body and understand that no, I cannot get pregnant anytime in my cycle, just because I'm not on birth control. Like that's such brainwashing and whatnot of the past. And I'm not going to say that it's not a powerful tool, especially for people in certain situations. So I'm definitely not completely crap talking birth control, but I am coming at it from an angle where I have seen it absolutely wreck people's hormones, fertility, you know, so many angles. And so it's just, it's so important. If you haven't listened to that episode, I mean, technically episodes two through four are on cycle syncing where I do talk a little bit about birth control, but also episode 36 for birth control is a great one, especially if you're somebody who has been on or is on birth control and is experiencing symptoms or things, or maybe is family planning, like in a few years, you want to get pregnant and you don't actually know where your fertility stands. It'd be very important that you listen to that. I also really love that self-sabotaging episode. That one is also so key to listen to. There's so much that we don't realize we are doing that's sabotaging our health journey. And that one can be immensely helpful for helping you recognize the patterns, you know? Because it's not about the shame of whether or not you do it. It's about becoming empowered and understanding that like you are doing something that is sabotaging your, your journey and that it is important to reflect and work on changing those patterns so all that great stuff I love this episode I hope that you loved those episodes as well if you listen to them individually and that this was a good one for you again I invite you to journal on some of these things or explore a little bit more maybe go on a walk outside and kind of think about some of those topics for yourself because it's such a great time right now to set yourself up for success as you head into 2024 Like I said in the beginning of this episode, think about what you're going to leave behind and commit to it, okay? Commit to it for you. But if you love this episode, give us a five-star rating or a little share. It helps us spread the knowledge and spread the health i like to say (laughs) to more babes who should be learning and listening to this stuff just to continue these conversations these are really important conversations i think many of you have told me that you do you feel the same way so that's awesome that is all i could ever ask about this platform in general we are wrapping up 2023 here soon stay tuned for next episode live the sunday of new year's so That's gonna be real fun. And I would also remind you to take some space for yourself as this year is ending. This has been one hell of a year, I'm sure for you, cause it was for me. And if you can just plan one of these final days to have a like an hour, a few hours, or maybe a whole day to just (laughs) take some time for yourself and enjoy something for you that is like health forward, you know, taking some space, go rent a night of an Airbnb or go to a hotel for a night or go do a spa day or just kick everyone out of the house for a few hours, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, I want to extend that invite because that's something I'm gonna do for me. And um, if you're somebody who's like me and is not good at slowing down, um, I would definitely encourage you to do that as well. All right, Rebel, that is all for today's episode. Celebrate your strength and nourishment, walk with confidence, and I'll catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. If you are still listening, thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, I have some exciting news for you. So if you would love to join our newsletter group, you can join us on coachkales.com or you can join my Stan store at stan.store backslash kales, K-A-I-L-E-S. And that's an awesome opportunity for you to snag some freebies that I've created, including a macro hack grocery list that is gonna help you kind of design a custom grocery list especially for following macronutrients, because as you know, if you didn't listen to my Macros in May series, I would go back to those episodes because it has been a game changer for so many of our listeners for getting more on top of how to shape their physique and their health goals with the food they're eating. So don't sleep on that. Go get your free download, S-T-A-N, like Stan the man, stan.store backslash kales. And you can also join our newsletter from that. And if you would like to reach out to me, chat, maybe work together, you can also contact me through my website, coachkales.com. And I would absolutely love you to join our Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram, which is at Rebel Wellness Podcast. And you can also join my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. That's where it all began. That's where I share the most um, kind of custom to what I do work on specifically with my clients on that page so join that one it's all feminine wellness focused and I share some great stuff some goofy stuff things that you just don't want to miss as well as healthy recipes and things and easy recipes because we all kind of need some easy grab and go things don't we so I would love you to join both those pages as you'll be joining a community of like-minded females who are all committed to living their best lives so Hit that follow button and I would love if you felt the need to share and rate our podcast. We would love that. Anyways, thanks for listening and I hope
1: to catch you next Sunday or say hello on the gram.